Deep Space originates from the digital media studios of Impact Media Consulting. Audio tracking and mixing execute through a Tascam DP32SD. Signal processing and effects by waves. Audio finishing executes in Adobe Audition. Intro and outro music by Arches Audio. In our last episode, we learned that Bubba has the resources and personnel to solve just about any strategic problem that the United States military could have. But can he get Colonel Simpson and Avis home in the proof in one piece? Joy and Avis had a true heart-to-heart, and it became apparent that Joy was more deeply involved with operations at the farm than meets the eye. In the process of their communication, and then with shared information from Bubba, Avis reveals deep-seated feelings about Colonel Simpson, the love of her life. And speaking of love, Captain Nielsen and General Stanley are an item. However, it appears that the captain also has a dark side. Max found that out. Did you hear that gunshot in the last episode? And General Stanley's got his hands full. The lovely Captain Nielsen has him covering for her terminal activity with Max. She shot Max dead. Or did she? Hmm. Find out in this episode of Deep Space. There it is again. Davis, did you hear that? It sounded like a growl coming from within. Whatever it is, our scanners can't identify it. I'm beaming you back in. Wait, do we have all the platinum that we need? James, yes. Excavation is complete. I have already begun distilling and replication from the raw material. Our drive disks will be complete and ready for installation in just a few minutes. I'm beaming you back. Thank you, Avis. That was quite interesting. Still no life signs from below. Ship's sensors indicate that sound emanated from within. It was a growl. I felt it. Let's send in a guided probe. Once inside, get a 3D map of the immediate area around it. Then let's extract it and leave. Working. Deploying the probe. Mapping. Okay, that should be enough. Let's get out of here. Retracting the probe. James, we have options. I recommend our standard ion drive. However, our hyperdrive system is operational. Its use would get us away from this object quickly, but at a great drain to our atomic batteries. We need to manage our energy reserves and save our hyperdrive for emergencies only. It's only for short bursts, true emergencies, until we know our hyperdrive is functional. The 3D mapping. How's it going? Our hypothesis was correct. Mapping is showing structures, rooms of some type. This appears to be a satellite, a false planet. Any signs of life? None. Okay. Enough mapping. Let's go. Avis, are the atomic batteries up for this task? How far out can we travel? Our atomic batteries are in optimal working condition, 
Because we didn't land on this satellite, we don't have as much gravity to fight upon leaving its atmosphere. I am plotting a course that will intersect with our last trajectory from Earth. From there, we can plot a reverse transwarp a few hundred miles before where our transwarp drive fired. With our extreme distance from where our ascent anomaly occurred to our existing deep space coordinates, we'll arrive back to our launch date but at a little over 500 miles above Earth. Good. How fortunate that our time transcription was not damaged in our leap. The proof's computers are in optimal condition. Once at our point of arrival above Earth, we will have the benefit of the planet's gravitational pull, and the sun to synchronize the proof's atomic clocks. I have identified a red dwarf that we can blink to. We will be outside of its gravitational pull but also within our trajectory to go back in time. What is today's stardate? Today's stardate is 74974.9. And we'll be able to go back in time to the point where we blinked out of our time realm? Yes but because time on Earth has advanced at a much slower pace than at which we have traveled, we need to synchronize time frames. I have calculated our drive trajectory to synchronize to current Earth time. Synchronization is a wonderful thing, especially now. Are the transwarp disks milled? James Simpson, I replicated the disks to spec. They are identical to what we had at the time of our launch. Yep, there's no doubt about who your creator is. I'm going to have a long talk with Miss Stanley when we get home. Colonel Simpson, she is looking forward to it. All right, we'll see. Prepare the ship for the jump. Systems check in progress. We are ready to go. Davis, make it so. Davis, where are we? We are back, 500 miles above Earth. When we were launched, our transwarp drive engaged at 80 miles above Earth. I am simultaneously running diagnostics while I try to find a secure rendezvous spot for us to hide our radar signature. I have located the International Space Station, it is 280 miles below our current stationary orbit. We've not been identified by any communications signals yet. Because we are a short distance from Earth, it is imperative that we cloak. Our atomic batteries are charged and our transwarp drive worked flawlessly. Avis, what about Starnet? Wouldn't it be the perfect cloak for us if we sink our orbit within it? That way we can dock to it, take advantage of even more reduced power consumption. Working. James, that's a brilliant idea. 
You are starting to think more like me with each passing minute. And you are starting to look, act, and sound more like Avis Stanley with each passing minute. When we get back to Earth, she and I will have long talks about this. Do you promise? Whoa, that mouth on you. <laughs> Avis. James, I have the coordinates for Starnet. It's 380 miles away and we can use our ion drive to rendezvous with it in moments. Shall we proceed? Yes. Upon approach, maneuver the proof into one of the 90-degree corners of the net. Once we sink, maintain our cloak by drawing power from Starnet itself. My comms sentinel is active and has been throughout our ordeal. We are now well within range and the farm should be able to pick us up through Starnet. If they haven't detected us already. Can you detect Avis? Yes, she is well. She is at the farm. Shall I communicate with her? Not yet. First, I want to communicate with Bubba. My goodness, my goodness. You literally have Avis's blood running through your... Uh, circuits. In the past, you've been able to feel her emotions. Can you feel her now? Yes, she is learning much about the farm. As she learns more, she is also wondering how you could keep so many secrets from her. James, she trusts you, she loves you. I doubt that very seriously. Avis and our colleagues, all of our collective energy has gone into our work. James Simpson, may I communicate with you, female android to human? Yes, go ahead. As you know, information that I will share with you will always be governed by logic. Yes. A few Earth days ago, I informed you that Avis incorporated some of her blood into the resins that you used to create my circuits. Yes. Because she did this, she and I are connected, at a cellular level. While I may not be able to perform human tasks like she could, I can detect her emotions the moment that they happen. She and I are connected, in many ways, we are one. I will admit, she made you in her image. Your thought processes and your personality traits mirror one another. I try to ignore it. I acknowledge it now. I must warn you, she will want to accompany you on any future trips into space. Mm, that won't happen. It's too dangerous. Yes, it will. She is not an astronaut. No, she isn't and she doesn't have to be. She is an amazing robotics scientist and inventor. Her work with you is classified as Government Services Administration Contractor for the United States Military. Her private work, research, written notes, published documents, and inventions are hers unless contractually obligated. Avis Stanley is a private citizen and entrepreneur. Think in terms of Jeff Bezos, Elon Musk, or Richard Branson. Just, my two cents. Avis duly noted. You are she and she is you. In many ways, yes. We have arrived at the Starnet Array. At present since its orbit is geostationary, I have docked us in an upper right corner of one of the grid squares. We are fully cloaked. There is no chance of us reflecting the sun's rays. Avis, monitor all communications channels from Vanderburg and Vandenberg. Let the farm pick up on your sentinel. Working. Good morning. How can I help you? 
Good morning. I am Dr. Simon Bott. I'm here to see Dr. Datlai. This is a beautiful facility. I see that Dr. Detfly has been busy. Yes. Dr. Detfly had this property built out of convenience. Here we're just minutes away from the country's parliamentary offices. It's good to meet you. You too. Dr. Detfly, Dr. Simon Bot has arrived to see you. Very well. Send him in. Swat, how are you? Simon, I'm well. Quite well. I'm glad that you were able to make it here to Madrid. Please, have a seat. Yes. I have other business here in Madrid. And I got you a message and came straight away. Your contact came through clandestine channels. What's up? Yes, I contacted you securely so that I could solicit your help. As you may know, my expertise lies in entomology, study of insects particularly their impact on the environment and their substantial yet underappreciated role in our ecosystems. I was the first entomologist to successfully breed a strain of honeybees that could withstand the harsh desert temperatures of Africa and similar climates. This has led me to many procedural patents regarding the world's food supply. My contribution terraformed once barren wastelands into fruitful farmland suitable for crops and livestock. Fertile floodplains turned into growing farmlands, neighboring cities benefiting with infrastructure upgrades funded by their agricultural successes. Not only are these poor countries able to now efficiently and sustainably feed their own people, but they're able to export their surpluses, increasing their gross domestic product. Yes, Dr. Tatfly, I'm quite familiar with that development. Um, you should have been considered for the Nobel Peace Prize for that effort. Dr. Bart, your words are kind. And appreciated. If only the rest of the scientific community saw things as you do, perhaps... Well, perhaps this world would be a better place. Yeah, Doctor, I've often thought of how we could join forces, but... I am stumped at how an entomologist and a robotic scientist could actively work in concert towards the world's good. My expertise is in the design, construction, and programming of robots. Robots that can aid industry in the production of its products and services. I am beyond interested in that specific area of your expertise. You've designed robots that so closely mimic human behavior that they have successfully integrated into society on a limited basis, isn't that right? This is true. But not without pushback from governments, especially in the United States. The United States of America. <laughs> that pillar of democracy. Hypocrites. Their Department of Agriculture is a joke. Their plan to provide flood relief in the Mississippi Delta came from this desk. I proposed a method for enhanced plant pollination and flood water redirection that could provide year-round growing seasons. Fertile floodplains turned into growing farmlands. These are plans that I have presented in person to government officials. Rejected. Due to inadequate budget allocation and increased funding to military and police operations. <sighs> the priorities are almost as delusional as they are. Yeah, Doctor. <laughs> I understand your frustration. 
I, too, have been rebuffed on many occasions over the past few years by their defense department. <laughs> My robots could replace tank crews, infantry, air crews, you name it. Imagine armies that do not fatigue. Casualties? <laughs> Imagine refitting and damaged infantry in minutes. No blood loss, no loss of limbs, loss of life? Non-existent. I've pondered a scenario over the past months. With the ineptitude of not only the U.S., but all world leaders, I've discovered a trend I believe is unfortunately inevitable. This planet has been in a downward spiral for decades, but as of late, the damage has accelerated, creating a feedback loop that has compounded and compounded, surpassing the threshold of reversibility. But these imbeciles are too short-sighted to perceive it. I suppose that's the consequence of pandering to an entire nation to earn their validation every four years. And with this, I have envisioned a partnership between you and I. Yeah, Doctor. A partnership? How? You are a robotics genius. What is the smallest robot that you have designed? I am the originator of the United States Army Mule Program. That program grew out of robotic designs as small as dragonflies. Dragonflies, you say? Now you're speaking my language. Dr. Bot, are you aware that I have designed insects that could be weaponized via their DNA? No, Air Doctor. I'm not familiar with this development. Imagine massive swarms of locusts, better known as grasshoppers, with the ability to cripple the agricultural economy of any nation. Dr. Bot, you decimate a country's agriculture, you debilitate their entire economy and their government. There's a reason that God chose them as one of his plagues. However, my original plan may take months, even years, to implement. This is where you come in. <laughs> I think I see where you're going with your thinking. Uh, what if you had swarms? Billions of robotic insects that could be released all over the food-producing world. Exactly. Bingo. <laughs> uh, doctor, I appreciate your enthusiasm. You and I think alike. However, your plan is flawed. Flawed, you say? Yes, flawed. Yeah, Doctor, if you destroy the world's food supply, you will also destroy yourself and the rest of us. No, Dr. Bot, we will not destroy the world's food supply. We will simply present a clear and present danger that will allow us to extort all the money that we would need to flee this sinking ship of a planet and make a base on Mars. I know how to take the thin, toxic Martian atmosphere and its iron oxide-rich soil and make it a vast vegetable and plant garden. I'm currently studying technologies that the United States military has acquired. Research indicates that actually many of these technologies are from galaxies far beyond ours. Obviously, you're talking about domed climate-controlled societies. Robotic insects that can initiate our plan here on Earth and then further the cause on Mars. Weaponized insects can be reprogrammed to be long-lasting and reliable allies on an alien planet. Their lack of need for oxygen and their predictable and easily renewable energy requirements make for a very interesting scenario. I grant you that. Yes, Dr. Bot. And at present there are underlings, foot soldiers in the worldwide mafia that are working to acquire military secrets. 
They're doing what the mafia does. Murder, extortion, espionage, blackmail, and the like to get the information that I need to further my master plan. My question now to you is, how do you feel about my plan? You have envisioned an intriguing scenario, one which shines a bright light on its possibilities. My robots can be as small as fleas. My human bots can perform every task except those of a sexual nature. But there is a capability that I do not think that you are aware of. Oh, really? Do tell. My organization has developed the capability of regeneration. When one of my human bots is killed in a conventional Earth way, the body of the bot beams back to its source of manufacture, is refitted, and then sent back into the world to do our bidding. This is one reason why we've been involved so deeply with the United States military. Negotiations are ongoing. Nothing is in agreement. <laughs> one reason being is that the military wants to control the project. Dr. Bot, you and I fight the same battles with the United States government. I would much rather do business with them. There are government officials of all nations that are arrogant narcissists elected to office by lying to their constituents. In many ways, they are no better than the Mafia. Outside of the U.S. government, leaders are either ultra-powerful zealots or mere figureheads guided by houses of parliament or political parties. The United States is an example of that, but only on a much more organized scale. Because of this proliferation of ignorance and leadership, where politicians rule and science is cast aside, Men such as you and I have a great obligation to transcend this broken planet and start a new civilization on another. In particular, the problem of the United States is that its Department of Defense has many layers. The more layers, the more opportunity for corruption. I have made connections by one of my human bots with a few lower-level military individuals in California at Vandenberg Air Force Base. Within the past 24 hours, this bot was terminated by the most promising of our connections there, a Captain Lorraine Nielsen. This bot was able to pass itself off as a Mafia captain for a few months. We learned that there are substantial local budgets, base installation level, that are readily available, provided the proper connections are made. Vandenberg Air Force Base. Yes, Dr. Deadfly, this is the one. Vandenberg is ultra black ops. Black Project space vehicles and launches are its specialty. Air Doctor, you are correct again. This is the base that General Harlan Stanley leads, isn't it? Yes. General Stanley is a good man, but he is greedy. His daughter is a contract scientist there at Vandenberg, Avis Stanley. I know nothing of Miss Stanley. I do know that Captain Nielsen has the potential there to be a lucrative contact. I'd studied Avis Stanley's work for years. It was in Switzerland where I'd first meet her at an astrophysics convention. She was every bit of the scientist her work framed her to be. She spoke on the subject of biorobotics and space exploration, and she was captivating. A woman of high intelligence and great beauty. I knew that I needed her. She could be a pivotal component in my new genesis on Mars. But... I've not had the opportunity to speak with her except in passing. <laughs> Miss Stanley is taken, and in a big way, by Colonel James Simpson, a modern-day air ace and astronaut. 
My organization learned of this through Captain Nielsen, who is coupled up with General Stanley. If she and General Stanley marry, she would become Miss Stanley's stepmother. I'm not interested in family trees. My plans are set, and Ava Stanley plays an important part in them. I have just funded an operation that has gotten rid of Colonel Simpson for good. Dr. Bott, let's just cut to the chase. I want to partner with your organization to help me carry out my mission of granting this world salvation from these parasitic political puppets. We have the opportunity to develop our own civilization on Mars. My organization has connections within the government of the United States that are acquiring data as we speak that will allow us to build a ship that can carry my team of individuals to our kingdom come. Your thoughts? You pose a very interesting scenario. Your thoughts of world domination are maniacally brilliant. However, your idea about Martian colonization is a stretch. Obviously, you have an obsession with Miss Stanley. I will tell you this. Do not allow her beauty, her curves, to cloud your judgment. Yes, she is a brilliant scientist, and I would feel better about your grand plan if the weight of your discussion about her was on that subject. However, you have hastily asked me to join forces with you, and ultimately, to satisfy your affair of the heart. And with that, I must consider all. I am immediately returning to my home and laboratories in Central Island, Norway. I will give you my answer in 24 hours. Do not contact me until then. Do not study too long, Dr. Bott. Good day. I will have the desires of my heart. Dr. Bot, with you or without you, I will build my new kingdom come on another planet, and that planet is Mars. Avis, Joy got called back to Vandenberg. There's a new supply shipment coming in, and she's got to oversee it. Okay. Maybe she looked good in your clean suit. I feel like a giant scarecrow. These suits are too boxy. I have an idea for a design that will make the women's clean suits just as protective as these, but more form-fitting. Avis, girl, I believe you. You see that control room over there? Yes. You see that gentleman in there at the control panel? Yes, I do. Well, let's go meet him. After you, my dear. Why, thank you, sir. Jarvis, this is Ava Stanley. We need to add her to our Founders Level Security Clearance list. Miss Stanley, it's very nice to meet you. Jarvis, it's very nice to meet you as well. Bubba, this is an... Android? Yes, he is. Bubba, the skin texture, hair, muscular definition... In confirmation of his hand, even with my gloves on, it's like that of a... Man? Yes. What gave it away? How did you pick up on him being an android? His irises are mechanized. I could tell when his pupils dilated. But it's an easy fix. I'll share it with you. He's amazing. 
Yep, my team here designed him from plans that an old friend of mine and I worked on years ago. The microservers, gear assemblies, and musculoskeletal system are all powered by a small nuclear core less than the size of a pencil eraser. What? You designed a small nuclear battery, designed a micropowered conversion system, put it in an android, and didn't blow up this 25 square mile area? Yes, we have. There's your proof standing there looking at you. Bubba, shall I continue my monitoring duties? Yes, Jarvis, carry on. Very well, sir. Avis, you're quiet. What's going on in that head of yours? Well, outside knowing that Avis and Jarvis have got to meet, I'm not one that gets flustered. But for the first time in my life, I am. I am overwhelmed. My mind is blown by one discovery after another. And the minute that I think I've seen or learned an ultimate finding, there's more. I have one word to say, and it's a name. James. All right, I'm going to say this, because I want to be certain that you understand where I'm coming from. James protects you. He's been protecting you since you guys have been working together. Y'all work on some sensitive stuff, and there are a lot of bad guys in and out of the federal government that want what you have and want what you know. You've been working so hard that you didn't know that you were in danger. Some of these things that you didn't know about are because James went through our memory program. Now do you understand how well the program works? Okay, yes. I guess I do. He has not been deceitful or unfaithful to you in any way. Avis, do you have trust issues? What do you mean? Your relationship with your father was soured when you started working with James, didn't it? Yes, it was. Trust was lost with your father, and now you have a lot of disappointment in that relationship. Am I right? Yes, you are. You need to stop beating yourself up about him. Your father's a good man. I believe he's been influenced by greed, and believe it or not, that's fixable. But it needs to be fixed in a hurry. I knew your dad from my military days. Oh, Baba, we'll see. I hope that situation's not too far gone. I knew that when James introduced me to the Plasmonium Project, that he was involved with some cutting-edge projects, darker than black government projects. The replicator, the transwarp drive, I mean, those were all plausible. But him being launched into deep space, I wasn't ready for. I didn't know. Go ahead, I'm listening. Bubba, what are you typing? The password for us to get in this hangar. Hangar? What hangar? The hangar behind this door where we're going to look at a captured alien craft. An alien craft? No way. Yes way. You've been typing for a few seconds. How long is this password? 102 characters. <laughs> and you're typing it from memory? Bubba, that's brutal. Now do you see how well our memory program works? But you have Jarvis. He could be doing all of that. That's it. It's obvious. You and James need me here. Maybe I'm glad you made that determination. Now we'll see how you feel after you see this. Let's get our helmets on. Password accepted. This time, I'll go first. After you, sir.
Jarvis, bring up the lights here in the hangar. You've got to be kidding me. An alien ship. Bubba, how did you acquire this? We don't know what it is, so it's officially an unidentified flying object. To our knowledge, this is the only alien craft to ever be shot down and captured here on planet Earth. You shot it down? I have to hear this. When, how, and where? It's been about three weeks ago, here at the farm. We've been seeing movement on the radar and Starnet and a slow-moving object slowly cruising near ground level at night over an area beyond our south mountain. This had been happening for over a week's time, so we set up an ambush with a trusty FV-215B super heavy mobile artillery battery and shot it down. Bubba, you shot down an alien craft. We sure did. We shot the hell out of it. We used a 183-millimeter atomic shell. I've got video I can show you. It's strangely beautiful. It looks like some type of mask. It does, doesn't it? Two large dark spaces up top there where the eye should be. Two openings resembling uh, two openings resembling nostrils. It's definitely one strange bird. Is it floating? It's not resting on the floor. The craft is floating. How and why we don't know. This is incredible. It answers so many questions. Yes, it does. It also opens a Pandora's box of others. Looking closely at it, its exterior almost looks like some type of fabric. Black tweed? Yeah, that's strange, all right, but touch it. It'll freak you out. Touch it? Obviously you're joking. No, no, touch it. Hell, I've been in it. What? What's weird is the inside of the craft is totally empty. It's like a shell of some type. Bubba. Touch it. Go ahead. Push on it. Amazing. Through my gloves, it has the same resistance like a flesh and blood being. Like, like it's living. Wow. Now watch this. This is what I call the hammer test. I'm going to take this iron worker's hammer. I'm going to hit it. Stand back. blasted that thing and it reacted like it's metal. Just a moment ago I pushed on it and it felt like pliant and flesh. It felt human. I second that. This is the strangest thing I've ever seen. Well, this is what I've had to show you. This is why we have the memory programs, the clandestine laboratory here underground. This is why strange men have been following you and grabbing you and taking you away to interrogation rooms. Hell, the plasmonium is why your father and some of his officers and some members of our federal government are making nice with the Mafia. Our problem is, is that the people that want to know what we know have no idea about this vessel. They're after our plasmonium, thinking that it's the answer to a lot of national defense and organized crime one-upsmanship. You've seen a lot in the past few hours. But, maybe stand by. Okay. Well, looks like we got to get out of here and get up to the second level communication center. What's going on? Jarvis just sent an encrypted message. He's in contact with the proof. James.
You're on the secure line. Hey, what's going on? Are you all right? Please tell me you've got news. I'm fine. I'm just so glad to hear from you. I've been so worried. I didn't mean to mess anything up. Are you still upset with me? No, I'm not upset with you. But we do need to get together. Earlier you said some things that hit home with me, and you're absolutely right. Let's get together. I was hoping you would say that, and we need some place that we know is secure, Harlan. I mean, I don't trust us meeting at your house or my house or anybody's house until we can be certain that they aren't bugged. Agreed. My staff will have cleared out of here by six. Come over here then. Put yourself in. Oh, Harlan, I agree. But I don't trust that parking garage, especially after what I've just gone through. See you shortly after six. Lorraine, good evening. Harlan, I am so glad we're on the same page. I mean, I had no idea I was causing trouble. I was just trying to keep the pressure off of you. I'm sorry. I'm really, really sorry. Marina, I understand exactly what your motives were. Harlan, I'm trying to protect you. I understand that. However, I believe that we've gone off task. You and I have to go back to the fundamentals of our military training. We've been operating like common criminals, and not like the military officers that we've become. We have staffs of people that not only look up to us as leaders, but also as role models of what might be on the horizon for them. We are not the Mafia. I totally agree with you, but come on, are we just in too deep? No, we're not. We enlisted the help of the Mafia operatives to do a job. They didn't do the work as required, and thus they have not, and will not, be paid. What worries me is that we may have created this atmosphere where they think they can just run through our base just as they'd like. Harlan, we got greedy. More importantly, it's cost you your relationship with your daughter. Have you seen her? No, not since the day that Simpson was here. Before that, things had started to sour between us. I was asking questions about the projects that she and Simpson were working on, and she didn't appreciate it. Now I understand why she was upset. I took it for granted that because she was my daughter and that I would know what she knows. Hell, I'm the commanding officer of this base. Avis is duty-bound, and because she's a government contractor, and because of the contract that she has with the government, developments that she originates are not necessarily privy to the military. I've tried to learn more about what she and Colonel Simpson are working on. I mean, I've conducted interviews, all kinds of interviews, and done my own investigations. I mean, everything but speak to Avis directly. All of her friends including her best friend, Joy, and everything just checks out normal. I know what they're working on. Simpson has developed another worldly material called plasmonium. This stuff is amazing in that it's impervious to any ballistics that we know of. It's weird and that has no weight value. Plasmonium? Why didn't I know about this? 
Lorraine, it's above your pay grade. Oh, so you couldn't even give me a hint. No, I couldn't. It was the reason why I had to go to Washington. Harlan, I could have gone with you. No, you couldn't have. This is what I'm talking about. This is also what you referred to earlier, and you're absolutely right. What was I right about? We do have a lot at stake. We've carved out fantastic careers and done and seen things that many who enlist can only dream about. We've both had many tours of duty, seen action, and we've never been shot, never been injured. Now look at us, tap dancing around with the mafia. Harlan, I feel responsible. I'm sorry I shot Max. I mean, there's no way we should even be associated with anybody like that. That's another thing. I sent our best forensics guys down to your parking area and they found nothing. The place was clean except for some type of synthetic oil where you say the guy fell. Are you sure that you shot this guy? You know me. I don't miss. Well, it's weird. This guy Max was nowhere to be found. Wait, there was no blood? Nothing? Nothing, except that oil. Moving forward, you and I will have no other private business engagements with any entity outside of our jurisdictions at this base. Or at your base. Also, moving forward, you are to shut down all clandestine communications channels and have no further contact with the entities in question. Do you understand me? Yeah, Harlan, but... No buts. We've got to maintain the spirit of core. I put you in charge of Vandenberg because I trust you, and I know that you can run the base the way it needs to be run. Why don't you let me talk to Avis? And maybe she'll open up to me. No, I don't like that idea. My little princess is smarter than what all those degrees she has says. She'll read right through you and know that we're a couple. But what of James Simpson? As we discussed, the trajectory calculations from a couple days ago have him in deep space. I mean, for all intents and purposes, he's dead. Don't you think Avis is hurt over that? Yes, you have a point. She would be even more hurt if she knew that I was involved with the funding for his, shall we say, demise. Harlan, how are you going to fix that? I know. I went to Washington to meet with the Department of Defense about the plasmonium. Turns out the sample that we got from their lab was nothing more than a very thin strip of vinyl. The other vessel that they built is just a shell. Our best geophysicists can't figure out its construction. There are no wells. Doesn't appear to be any type of propulsion. We can't figure out the engines on the thing. Lorraine, it looks like I may have cut off my nose to spite my face. I promise you this. I will help you fix your relationship with Avis. Lorraine, I trust that. But right now, we've got to figure out what happened to the guy you blew away down on the fourth level. I have a theory. I hope it's not correct. What's your theory? Marion Holloway. One of the smartest human beings that I think has ever been born. He and I were at West Point together. Even back then, he was talking about super soldiers, robots that could perform on the battlefield like men and women. The guy was a mad scientist. He made a basic robot in his dorm room from popsicle sticks, electric toothbrush motors, and wire coat hangers. He was a good man. I lost track of him after he retired from the military. Shall I find him? No, Lorraine. I'm getting tired of other men looking at you. I'll have you know that no other man has touched me. You are the one and only. I hear you. 
If Marion continued work with the robotics the way that he did at West Point, he could have built a whole army of super soldiers by now. Are you saying that the guy I shot might have been a robot? It's a long shot. I can't see the mafia making something like that. You say that Max was a man? Yes. How do you know? Because of the way that he felt. So he did touch you? No, you goof. I shook hands with him. I also scuffled with him in the parking lot. You touched him? No, no, I got him away from me. Made him think I was going to give him a down payment by giving him money from my briefcase. That old trick. He was expecting me to come out of the car with 50 grand in a briefcase. Instead, I came out with my 45 caliber sidearm. Well, something's amiss. You shot him with your 45? He did. I'll figure it out. Come here. Android assistant have made it back into Earth's orbit? Hmm? Well, almost. Man, that reunion between Colonel Simpson and Avis is gonna be powerful. And what of Jarvis and Avis's android twin? Could they hit it off? Hmm. Boy, Dr. Deathfly is a maniacal genius. Talk about thinking ahead. This guy has given up on planet Earth and is ready to colonize Mars right now. And he wants to take Avis with him. Good luck with that. Wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait. Bubba's real first name is Marion? I get it, bud. Who is his friend from West Point that could hold the key to the production of next generation androids? And is there a pendulum shift development in the thinking of General Stanley and Captain Nielsen? Can they make the return from the dark side? Hanging out with the Mafia and all these other underlings? Hmm. Find out. These things and more on the next episode of Deep Space. Deep Space.